Charles didn't have just any coronary artery disease. He had Charles's coronary artery disease. Michelle didn't have just any heart attack. She had Michelle's heart attack. At VCU Health Poly Heart Center, we know every heart is unique. And as Virginia's only nationally ranked heart program, we'll keep them beating healthy and strong. VCU Health Poly Heart Center. Learn more at vcuhealth.org slash heart. Praise the Lord, Michael Jakes here. Welcome. We are here with the Line by Line podcast, and tonight we are continuing uh, in our lessons on the book of Matthew. Amen. And tonight we are venturing into Matthew chapter number 24. In chapter number 24 of the book of Matthew, uh, we find some of the most vivid, uh, stark, and powerful uh, words that Jesus uses to talk about the end time events, amen? Many people want to know what's going to happen, uh, what's going to happen in the world, amen? And uh, when we look into Matthew uh, chapter number 24, Jesus gives us uh, a panoramic view of the things that are yet to take place, amen? And so we want to fasten our seatbelts and get ourselves ready because this chapter number 24 and even going into chapter number 25, uh, we're going on a ride uh, through uh, eschatology, uh, through the end time events, amen? So get yourself ready. It's time for the Line by Line podcast. We'll be right back with a word of prayer. your name once again we thank you once again for giving us this opportunity uh lord to uh, share your word lord as we go into this uh very powerful important and important chapter uh, lord we pray that you will give us clarity of mind and heart lord i pray that you will be with the hearts and minds of those who will be under the sound of your word here tonight uh even though lord you are speaking about things that are yet to take place lord there is much here uh that we can gather much here that we can glean and 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 put in our own hearts. There are many warnings here uh, in this particular chapter. So, Lord, we pray that you will speak to us even as your word goes forth. Lord, I pray that you will have your way in every single heart. Be with us right now. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, hallelujah. God is good. We bless the Lord and we thank him for who he is and what he has done and what he is going uh, to do. Amen. We are... Uh, we are going to begin. God bless you, my brother Frank. God bless you. God bless you, my brother Norman. Uh, God bless you, Doris. God bless you, uh, Linda and Tracy T. God bless you, Kathleen Laws. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us here today. Letting you know if you're watching us right now over Facebook, uh, either on our on our main page or on our ministry page, that's where ministries, you can share out this page that others also may be blessed. Amen. So 
Uh, let's get underway and let's jump right into Matthew chapter number 24. Amen. Now, once again, as we said in Matthew chapter number 24, it is a pivotal. Uh, it is the, it is actually the last uh, discourse that Jesus speaks. Uh, in other words, he, this is going to be a long, a very long uh, 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 series of uh, uh, speech that the Lord is going to give. And it's all about the things that are going to take place. Amen. Now, you will, as you be, as we begin to get into it, uh, you may come with a question, well, why are these things so important to us if we, the church, are not going to be here? Well, there are, there are portions of this. There are portions of this discourse that speaks to us, that speak to us now and also speaks to those who will be here after the church is gone. Amen. So we must keep that in mind and, and we'll we'll get to those verses as they come along. But once again, here Jesus is speaking uh, about the end time event, which many of us are very curious about. Uh, many, though, many of those who are in the world want to know what's going to happen. Well, here we go. Matthew uh, chapter number 24. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple and his disciples came to him. For to show him the buildings of the temple. Uh, the temple complex was a very was a very very vast, uh, very vast complex. And here, uh, Jesus, uh, they they bring Jesus as if Jesus doesn't know what this complex is all about. But they came to him and were showing him the temple. Verse number two, and Jesus said unto them, See ye not all these things? Verily, and I, I love when the Lord says verily, because he is saying, Let's, truly, what I'm telling you is absolutely true. You can always count on whatever he's saying is true anyway, but he is, he is putting a stamp on it. Verily, I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, that is, that's his first, that's how he opens up uh, his uh, prophetic discourse here. He opens it up with this dire warning. And he tells them that as you see the temple sitting here right now, as glorious and as splendid as it was, uh, which it still wasn't completely constructed at the time of Jesus. Uh, it was not fully built yet, but here it was. And Jesus says, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall be not thrown down. Jesus here was Prophesying, he was alluding to something that would happen uh, several years from that moment. This would happen right now. Uh, Jesus speaking, it's a, probably about 33 A.D. And in 70 A.D., uh, there was an event that took place. Jerusalem was sacked and burned, and the temple was destroyed. And this is a reference to the destruction of the temple. Now, when he's talking about these the stones he's talking about he's talking about the white limestone blocks that the temple was made out of now uh these these limestone these limestone blocks uh were 37 37 feet long uh and they were 12 uh, feet high and, and they were 18 feet wide and each one weighed approximately approximately uh, uh several hundred tons and so Jesus is saying that this splendid building, it will be torn down. 
and not one stone would be left upon another. Now this boggles the mind, of course, of the disciples as they are listening to what he is saying right now. In verse number three, as Jesus sat down upon the Mount of Olives, the disciples came unto him privately because once again, they, they want to know what is going to happen. And they asked Jesus three questions, three questions that they asked Jesus right, right at the top. Number one, tell us, when shall these things be? Tell us, when shall these things be? Number two, and what shall be the sign of thy coming? That's the, that's the second question. And the third question, and the end of the world. So let's go, let, let, let's look at these three questions. When shall these things be? Number two, what shall be the sign of your com the sign of your coming? And what shall be the sign of the end of the world? Three separate questions, and Jesus in this chapter is going to answer them, not in any particular order, but he is going to answer each one of these questions. Amen. And so here you have the balance. The balance from here, chapter number four, from verse number four, uh, for the rest of this chapter, and the next of the rest chapter are all the words of Jesus, are all the words of Jesus. And if you have uh, a red letter Bible, you will see that these two chapters are all in red. Amen. God bless you, my sister Dawn. God bless you. All righty. Verse number four. And Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that no man deceive you. Take heed that no man deceive you. So right, right at the top, he is saying, listen, the things that I'm going to tell you now, I want to have them clear to you. Do not be deceived. And that word deceived is going to come up several other times in this chapter. And that, that's, a, that's a warning to us that we need to take to heart the words of Jesus concerning the end time. We are not to be deceived concerning end time events. There are a there are a number of different views on how things will go and what does this mean and what does that mean. We know uh, that the book of Revelation uh, is the most uh, difficult book uh, in the Bible to to understand the book of Revelation with all of the symbolism and all of the different things that we read in, we understand that the book of Revelation, which is also a book of the end time, eschatology, uh, it, it, it's most difficult. But he says, don't be deceived. Don't be deceived concerning the end times. I was just listening, listening to someone speak today, uh, and they were saying uh, how there are many, there are many in the Christian community who do not believe in the rapture. This does not mean that they are not Christians. This does not mean at all. Just because you don't believe uh, in a, a rapture and you're born again, if you're saved, you're saved. Even if you believe in speaking in tongues or where, whether you don't believe in speaking in tongues, if you're saved, you're saved. Amen. So, so let's these these little uh, these little pockets of of different things that people believe and don't believe does not disqualify one from being uh, born again. You can be born again and have a and have a, a, a wrong view of something. Amen? That That is quite possible. That is quite possible. But here he says, listen, do not be deceived. Right at the top. And here he comes in verse number five. For many, and that word many is also another word that is, that is littered throughout 
uh, his discourse, the word many, for many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many, and shall deceive many. I had someone at my at my kitchen table uh, a few years back began talking to me about some things that they wanted me to hear. Uh, someone that I had known, and and they began talking to me about these different these different things, things that sounded true, things that sounded right. Until they got as they got going, you could tell that they were going in a different direction. And finally, they ended up that we are talking about this man that we this man that is our leader, and he is. Uh, we believe him to be the second coming of, stop, stop, okay, once you begin to call people Christ, once you begin to believe that someone is the second coming of Christ, stop, it's over, that the, 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 the talk, the conversation is over, okay, no one who comes and says that they are Jesus, do not listen, once again, do not be deceived, verse number six, and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. Now, what we read here in these next few verses, from verse number 5 down to about verse number 14, are the things that are normal for the age that we are living in. We are li now living in the dispensation of grace, or we're living in the church age, however you want to call it. We are living in that age. And from the time that Jesus uh, left, from the time that Jesus ascended until now, uh, we have been experiencing these things. There have been wars. There have been rumors of wars. All of these things have been part and parcel of the human experience. These things have always been a part of of our existence on the planet. Wars, rumors of wars, and all sorts of things. However, as the time approaches, as the time approaches, these things will escalate. Now, there are two, Jesus in these verses, in this, in this chapter, Jesus, the only way to properly understand uh, these verses in chapter number 24, Jesus is speaking uh, at sometimes he is speaking about the second coming, and sometimes he's speaking about the rapture. Now, once again, when we talk about the second coming, the second coming is in two phases. There are two phases to the second coming. Okay? Number one, the rapture of the church, which can happen at any time. No one knows the day or the hour. No one knows when this will happen. There are no there are no specific events that need to take place before the rapture happens. The rapture is imminent. It can happen at any time, at any moment. The second coming comes seven years after. Seven years after the uh, rapture of the church. Now, there is a timeline there. There is approximately seven years. And from... I, I'm jumping ahead of my, I don't want to jump ahead of myself, but there is a timeline from the time that the rapture takes place unto uh, when he comes again the second time. First time, rapture, he comes in the air. Second time, second coming, he comes down, squashes the battle of Armageddon, and sets up his kingdom on earth, the millennial kingdom, okay? That's how that goes. 
So in verse number seven, once again, normal, all of these things have always taken place. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines and pestilences. Pestilences are talking about diseases, pestilences, and earthquakes in diverse places. Once again, we've always had these things. There have always been a pestilences, okay? We are in a particular pestilence now that we've been dealing with for several, uh, for a couple of years. Uh, there have always been famines, and there have always been earthquakes. But once again, they shall, all of these things shall escalate. They shall escalate. Verse number eight makes it clear. Jesus makes it clear. All of these things that you, that you see, all of these things that have that have always taken place, they are just the beginning of sorrows. It's only the beginning of sorrows. All of the different things that have always taken place on the planet. Uh, that word sorrows is a word that means birth pains. They are just the beginning of the labor pains. And if you, you're a woman, you, you know how labor pains go. Uh, they start, and the pain, depending on the individual, the pain uh, escalates uh, as as the time goes by. Some have some have births that, uh, that are seemingly uh, less painful than others, but uh, the normative. I don't know if, if it's the normative. I I wouldn't know, but the the birth pains they they progress. It gets worse as time uh, goes on, and that's the idea behind this word the beginning of sorrows, all of these things that we see taking place in the world and that we have seen taking place in the world before we were even born uh, at the outset. Once again, from the time that Jesus ascended throughout history, all of these things has taken place, but they are just the beginning. They are only the beginning. Verse number nine. And then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my sake. Once again, this is normal. If you name the name of Jesus, what the scriptures say, uh, those who live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Shall suffer persecution. All, every single person that 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 chooses, that names the name of Jesus, shall suffer persecution. That word persecution uh does not mean torture or anything like that. The word persecution means they shall be hunted. They shall be. Uh, they shall be targeted. Uh, they shall be chased, run down. Uh, the, the world population will go after you. Okay, single you out. That that's the idea behind the word uh, persecution. And he says here they shall kill you. Okay, of course this is not the experience of all, but many that don't live where we live here in America at this point experience death for naming the name of Jesus. That has been normative throughout the years. Throughout the years, uh, Christians uh, have been killed and martyred uh, for naming the name of Jesus. Once again, that's not our experience here in America at this particular time. Uh, but that is that is the experience of those that live outside of America in many other countries. So once again, scripture is true. They shall kill you, and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. He says, if they hated me, they shall hate you. This is a guarantee. If you name the name of Jesus, people look at you cross-eyed. 
People look at you funny. You can say God. You can say you can say any other. You can say any other God. But if you say Jesus, if you listen, if you say I worship this pencil, okay, I love my pen, and this pen is my God. Nobody cares. But if you say I love Jesus, I worship Jesus. The name of Jesus incites. The name of Jesus causes problems. Amen. And so we must be mindful of that. Verse number 10. And then many, here's that word many again, many shall, many, then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Once again, in the world, scripture says, uh, in the world ye shall have tribulation. That's what Jesus said. In the world you shall have tribulation. There'll be trials. There'll be a terrible, there'll be violence. The, the Bible talks about an increase uh, in violence in the last days. Amen. Once again, all of these things will be escalated as time goes by uh, because, uh, because, as he's going to go on to say in a few verses, the love of many shall wax cold. People will become cold and heartless. And even uh, even within the Christian community, uh, there, there, there can be a, a lack of love, a coldness of heart. Amen? And it says here that many shall be offended and shall betray one another. Betray. You can only betray someone whom you know, someone who you are close with, someone, someone that there's some sort of kinship, someone that you have some sort of fellowship and something that you, you do not expect to be betrayed. But once again, people will turn on one another, amen, and shall hate one another. Verse number 11, and many, here's that word many again, and many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Many false prophets and many shall be deceived. It is up to you and I to protect ourselves from false prophets. Yes, my brother Norman, there will be Benedict Benedict Arnolds that will arise. Amen. That will be the case. Um, we must guard ourselves and protect ourselves against uh, false teaching. Now, let's look at the word prophet. When it says false prophet. What, what is a false prophet? First, what is a prophet? What is a prophet? A prophet is an individual who speaks the word that God has given them. Speaks a word that God has placed in them to speak. They speak forth God's truth. Amen? And so a prophet is one who preaches. A prophet is one who proclaims in a very, uh, in a scriptural sense, in a scriptural sense, looking at the word prophet, uh, what we do here, what we do here on, on Monday night, it is, it is a form of prophecy. It is a form of preaching or teaching. Amen. It is, it is a form of, once again, I don't consider myself a prophet. If we, we need to, the word prophet, uh, is more in line with the thought of proclaiming that which God has spoken rather than foretelling something, something. Prophecy is forth, F-O-R-T-H. Prophecy is telling forth that which God has spoken. 
But also there is the idea behind prophecy, and that's that's the idea behind prophecy that everybody is is enamored with. Foretelling, telling F-O-R-E, foretelling what's going to happen, what's going to happen in the future, what's going to happen to me. That's the I that's the part of prophecy that people get caught up in and people get deceived by. Okay? And that and that's where we get this from many false prophets. But also there will be many, as time has told us, there will be many. Uh, that will rise up and be false proclaimers of truth. Not speaking that which God has spoken, but speaking rather what they have spoken. Okay? As the very popular phrase uh, goes, there will be many proper liars, okay, rather than prophesiers uh, that will rise up uh, in these last days. We have seen them. Uh, some come and some go. Some come and remain. Some come and are very popular. Uh, and while they are here, once again, it is up to you and I to protect ourselves from false prophets, from false uh, prophecies. It is up to you and I to guard ourselves against these things. And how do we do that? You need to make sure that you invest time in Scripture. Take time to read Scripture for yourself. Read. No. The more you read, uh, the more you the more you dive in and dig into scripture, the more the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to your heart. He will begin to speak you and move you away from that which is not true. Okay, once again, the Holy Spirit is never going to, the Holy Spirit is never, let me repeat that. The Holy Spirit will never lead you into untruth. No, that, that is impossible. He is the spirit of truth. The Bible talks about a spirit of truth and a spirit of error. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth, and he will always lead you and guide you into that which is true. Amen? And so if anyone is speaking and touting any sort of doctrine or belief uh, that is unbiblical, and they say, this is what the Lord has told me, and it's unbiblical, they did not receive that from the spirit of truth, who is the Holy Spirit. It is a spirit of error that they have clung on to. And that they have heard and that they have believed. So we need to be very careful. Invest yourself in the word of God. Okay, Take time uh, to read it. And the Lord will speak to you. Listen, a simple prayer. Lord, show me truth. Show me truth. And we need to be able to sift. You know, we need to be able to sift that which is right from that which is wrong. We don't get that from scripture. All the scripture is right. But I'm talking about when we hear hear truth. When you hear something that doesn't ring true in your spirit, there's a reason. Because the Holy Spirit is telling you, uh-uh, that's not right. The Holy Spirit, he's the spirit of truth. And he's going to protect you. But you have to be open to his leading. Amen? And that's very important. So these many false prophets shall rise and deceive many, unfortunately. Many will be deceived by false proclaimers, false preachers, and false teachers, and false prophecies. Many, many will be deceived. Uh, many have been deceived, and many continue to be deceived, and many will continue to be deceived. Amen? And because, here we are in verse number 12, because iniquity shall abound. That's lawlessness. Iniquity here means lawlessness. Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. The love of many shall wax cold. Corruption, uh, crime, all of these different things that are taking place on the, on the upscale is because 
the love of many, of many. People just don't have a love for, let me use this, this phrase, for their fellow man. You know, it's it's looking out for number one. It's it's me, myself, and I. That that's what that's what consumes uh, the world uh, nowadays. That's the world uh, that we live in. Uh, and so we need to make sure we need to make sure that we keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. I have a question from my brother Frank. Do you believe that recovery groups like uh, AA or NA are false teachings? Uh, well, when it comes when it comes to these particular uh, groups, I don't know, having never been in one, uh, having, um, don't, I don't know if, uh, they lead an individual to Christ. Uh, I know that they have, uh, they, they try to lead you and talk about a higher power. Uh, but once again, higher power can mean anything. It can mean, it can mean anything. Uh, and while, uh, AA and NA promise freedom, and they can lead someone to a sort of pseudo-freedom. When I say pseudo, I mean a, a sort of a false free, freedom. They may stop taking the drugs and they may stop drinking the alcohol. Uh, but once again, they still claim to be, my name is so-and-so and I am an alcoholic. My name is so-and-so and I, Christ makes us free. We don't still have to walk around with the moniker of this is what I am. No, that's what I was. That's what I was. But once again, these different groups, uh, and I'm sure that their intention is, is, is very proper, these different groups uh, keep you locked within. You, you're always going to be that person. You always need to be on the lookout. You're always, no, no. In Christ, I am free. He makes me completely free. And so that's what I would say concerning those particular groups. There are people that have been uh, freed from the, the active use of of those uh, things. They don't use them anymore. And but once again, are they born again? Are they saved? Have they put their trust in Jesus or have they put their trust in an organization? We have to look at all of those factors when we talk about AA and NA and all the different other groups that try to help people. And they do help them in, in once again, in that sense, many are freed from whatever has been ailing them, but they still need Christ in their heart. All right. <clears throat> Verse number, uh, verse number 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. Now, this is talking about, uh, this is talking about survival, okay? He who endures to the end shall be saved. Listen, if you're born again, if you are born again, you will endure until the end, okay? With my eyes set on Christ and who he is and what he has done. As difficult as things may get while I am here, while we are here, we will, I, I, we, listen, I don't have any intention of walking away. That is not my desire. It is not a part of my thinking. It's not in my spirit. I am, I'm not walking out. Where, where am I going? Where am I going? As difficult as things can get here, where am I going? What choice do I have? I am in Christ. I'm staying in Christ. He wants me to stay in him. I'm going to stay in him. And that's that's it. I mean, where, where am I going? I'm going to continue to call upon the name of the Lord. He that shall endure unto the end shall be saved. Now, a word to those 
who may not be a part of the rapture, those those who will be after the rapture, this also applies to them. We don't know who those people are. Whoever whoever's left behind at the rapture, then also this verse speaks to them. If you when you endure unto the end, you shall be saved. There's another verse coming up here uh, in a few verses that's going to speak to that uh, particular point. But know that if you are in Christ, know that if you are in Christ and you keep your 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 faith locked into who He is, where are you going? You you have you have no desire to go. No one, listen, no one, and I, I say this all the time, no one in this, no one in, no one who is saved uh, is here uh, by force. We are not, we are not uh, in a, in a cell. Let me out. Let me out. I don't want to be a Christian anymore. Let me out. No, that's not a, that's not us. That's not us. I'm here. I'm in Christ because I said yes to Jesus. And by his grace, he saved me and brought me into the kingdom of his dear son. He saved me. And so I am not here by force. I'm not here by coercion. I am here because this is where he has planted me and this is where I am going to stay. I have no desire to be out of Christ. That that's that let me speak even more boldly that's not going to happen i'm not i'm not stepping out of christ my whole heart is in christ and that's where i intend to remain verse number 14 and this gospel this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations and then shall the end come now once again Verses four down to here, verse number fourteen is is, is a, a general overview of the of the 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 situations and the different things uh, that happen in this world. Uh, once again, wars and rumors of wars and and earthquakes and famines and pestilences and all of these things are part of the human experience. We've seen them, we've known them, and they will continue on an escalated level, but they will continue. But notice here in verse number 14, it says the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world. Notice how the, the events of the world, no matter how staggering they are, no matter how difficult they become, and they will become more difficult as time goes by, no matter how bad it gets, the gospel, nothing stops the gospel from going out. Jesus said, I will build my church. The church is comprised of people who are born again. And that means that people will continue to be born again. And as people continue to be saved, the church grows. The church is being built. Amen. So nothing will stop the movement of his church. Nothing. He is building his church. Okay. He is building his church. And so nothing can stop the gospel of the kingdom. And what is the gospel of the kingdom? That Jesus lives, that Jesus loves, and that Jesus liberates. That's, that's compartmentalized. Jesus lives, Jesus loves, Jesus liberates. Okay, Jesus is alive. Uh, Jesus loves, for God so loved the world, and he liberates, he saves, he saves. 
He who the Son sets free is free indeed. That's the message of the gospel. He saves to the uttermost. Some say he saves to the guttermost. It doesn't matter how far down you have gone, Jesus can save. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If you put your faith in who he is, if you believe that he, that he came and he died for you, and you believe that, you are born again. You can be born again. It is by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? We walk by faith and not by sight. Amen? Frank, you are correct. You are here by, by you are here because you said yes to Jesus. You said yes to Jesus. But I'm gonna get into that in a few verses. We, we, we're gonna we're gonna make that statement even more powerful. We're going to make that statement even more powerful. And, and when we get to that statement that Jesus is going to say, you are going to realize just how powerful your salvation is, just how powerful it is that we are in Christ, and just what it means to be in Christ. That's the phrase that we see throughout Scripture, in Christ. Christ is in us, but we are also in Christ. Amen. The Bible talks about the fact that we have been saved from the, uh, the foundation of the world. Wow, come on now. We've been saved from the foundation of the world. And we talked about this. We were already in his heart before creation. Come on now. Before creation, he already he already knew. This is what he knew because he's God, okay? He, he's, he's omniscient. He knows everything. So even before the beginning of the world, he knew that you and I would be sitting here right now. He knew that you, uh, he knew that you, Norman, and you, Frank, and you, Doris, and you, Dawn, and he knew that all of us, Kathleen, all of us here, he knew that we all would be in him. He knew that at one point in time in our life, we would say yes to Jesus. He knew that because he's God, okay? He didn't tell us that. He didn't tell us that when we were born, okay? He didn't tell us that, but he knew that we would be here now. And that is that just boggles the mind. From the foundation of the world, we were already in his heart. We weren't saved yet. Still had to go through a lot of stuff. Still had to live in sin for a while in our lives. But we said yes to Jesus. And he knew that at some point that we would. Okay? That's the glory. That's the glory of who God is. Verse number 15. Verse number 15. Now he is going to... Now he is going to, Jesus now is going to catapult. Uh, the, once again, these first few verses up to verse 14, talking about the general conditions of the world, the general condition of the world and how the world would progress and get worse. But here, now he's going to be more specific, starting here in verse number 15, uh, more specific about a specific uh, time uh, in history. Amen? Tracy T. says, he knew and he chose us and he chose us, Lord Jesus, we worship and praise your holy name. Mind explosion. Absolutely. When you think about, when you think about the fact that you are in Christ uh, and that he chose you, but yet you chose him. I mean, yeah, yeah, you chose him, but he chose you. What can we say? Okay. Our mind is blown. Verse number 15. When ye therefore shall see now, once again, he's honing in on a specific time now. When ye therefore shall see the abomination 
of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place. Whoso readeth, let him understand. Verse 16, that completes the statement. Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Now, what do we have here? Once again, Jesus is now going to hone in on a specific point in history. Now Jesus catapults us into the great tribulation. Okay? The rapture has taken place. The rapture that we speak about in 1 Thessalonians chapter number 4, it has taken place. And we are now in the midst. Verse number 15 finds us, finds the world in the midst of the tribulation. When ye shall see, when ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation. What is the abomination of desolation? Now, that phrase is more properly spoken of as the abomination that causes desolation. Okay? Now, when you look into it and you read uh, what it says in Daniel, let's go to Daniel, because uh, he says, he says, spoken of by Daniel the prophet. Let's go to Daniel, chapter number 9, and verse number 27. <clears throat> Here's Daniel speaking. And he shall confirm the covenant that he is the Antichrist. Okay, that's who Daniel is talking about. He is talking about the Antichrist. When you read the book of Daniel, when you when you read Daniel's prophecy and you read the book of Revelation, you got to put them together because they were meant to be together. Okay, Daniel 9, 27. And he shall confirm the covenant with many for one week. Let me finish and then I'll explain it. And in the midst of the week, he shall cause the sacrifice of the oblation to cease. And for the overspreading of the abominations, he shall make it desolate, even until the consummation and that determined shall be poured upon the desolate. That's a lot. That's a lot to take in in one verse. But here's what he's talking about. Daniel here is talking about what the Antichrist will do. The Antichrist will confirm. He will put in place an agreement. An agreement. Once again, the Jews don't know that the Antichrist is the Antichrist. At this point in time, only the Antichrist knows he's the Antichrist. And maybe he doesn't know he's the Antichrist, but he's the Antichrist. Okay? And But this individual, this individual shall come on the scene after. After. He's also called the man of sin. And he can only come after the church is gone. And so if you're wondering who the Antichrist is, if you're trying to figure out, is it this guy, is it this politician, is it this world leader, is it this person, you and I right now, we have no idea. Here in 2021, coming to the end, you and I have no idea. And, and it really, for us right now, it doesn't matter who the Antichrist is. We won't know. We won't know. We, we will, I will never know who the Antichrist is. I'm going to be in heaven rejoicing at the time that the Antichrist is revealed here on earth, okay? And, but he shall make this covenant. He will come on the scene and he will make an agreement with Israel. Here's what we have to remember about the tribulation period. It is a time set up for the Jews. The, this tribulation spoken of in the book of Revelation here in the book of Daniel is also called the time of Jacob's trouble. Jacob is a reference to Israel. It is the time of Israel's trouble. Trouble, tribulation, okay? And this, uh, the tribulation period is a time set forth that God will bring about 
that is meant to bring Israel back to Jesus. Okay? It is meant to bring Israel back to Jesus. Now, everyone else who is not a Jew at that time living in their other various parts of the world, we will be sort of drawn into it because all of the different things that will be taking place on planet Earth uh, during that time will affect everyone. Okay, read the book of Revelation. Read about the vials and the trumpets. All of these different things, signs in the oceans and the seas and, and the trees being burnt and the signs in, in the heavens. All these things are going to be taking place during this tribulation period. But once again, this whole period is put in place by the Lord to bring the Jews back to their Messiah, who is Jesus Christ, the very one that the Jews rejected that we see uh, here in the New Testament. But he uses the tribulation to bring them back. And he also uses the Antichrist. Yes, the Lord uses the Antichrist uh, to put in motion several things. He's going to make this agreement, and it's, it's probably going to be political in nature. He's going to make this agreement with Israel uh, for one week. That one week is a week of years. It's not talking about seven days. He's not going to make an agreement with the Jews for seven days. He's going to make an agreement. This is prophetic language. He is going to make an agreement with Israel for seven years. Seven years. The same amount of time that the tribulation period is going to last. And in the midst or the middle of the week, uh, he shall cause the sacrifice of the oblation to cease. In other words, he's going to stop the Jews from sacrificing in the temple at that particular time, uh, at the three-and-a-half-year point of the tribulation, uh, and for the overspreading of abominations, he shall make it desolate. He is going to either set himself up in the temple as God, or, or he is going to do what... Uh, one other person did before him. Uh, we read also in the book of Daniel. Daniel prophesies about this individual named Antiochus Epiphanes. His name, he's not named in scripture, but it is obvious from scripture that that's who it's talking about. He was a Greek, uh, he was a Greek uh, warrior. He was a Greek general, uh, Antiochus Epiphanes. Uh, and around 167 BC, he goes into the temple uh, at Jerusalem and he desecrates it. He desecrates the temple. Amen. That's what he did. Uh, he set up an altar to Zeus in the temple, and then he sacrificed pigs on the altar. Now, we know for a Jew, pigs were something that they had to stay away from. But he, he desecrates the temple by sacrificing a pig on the altar. Okay? And this event... This event uh, signaled uh, several other atrocities uh, that he would put in place. He forced the Jews uh, to uh, he forced the Jews to sacrifice the pagan gods. He forced the Jews to to uh, to eat uh, 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 pork. He, he did all of these things once again. But once again, he was just a prelude. He was just a precursor uh, to what the Antichrist would do. He was. He only fulfilled partially what the actual Antichrist uh, would eventually will eventually do. 
because he did not make an agreement with Israel for seven years. He, he did not break any agreement. So we know that Epiphanes was not the Antichrist. We know that the man of sin that is to come, he will fulfill He will fulfill what we read in Daniel. Uh, he will fulfill it to the fullest. Uh, verse uh, Daniel chapter 11, one more verse here in Daniel. Uh, Daniel chapter 11, uh, verse number 31. And arms, it says, and arms shall stand on his part, and they shall pollute the sanctuary of strength, and shall take away the daily sacrifice, and they shall place the abomination that maketh desolate. And so some say that the this abomination is an object. Some say it's a person. Either way, something will happen within the temple that will cause the Jews, we're talking about now in the end times, uh, during the tribulation, something will happen in that temple that the Antichrist will do that will cause the Jews to say, oh, no. No, this is no. And Jesus warns them. This is a direct warning to those who will be in the vicinity when this takes place. Jesus says, then, verse number 16, Matthew 24, 16, then let them which be in Judea, he didn't say those who be in the United States. He didn't say those uh, who are living in whatever, whatever other country or city or state you are in. He says those which are literally in Judea. Those of you who are in the vicinity of what will take place here at the temple. He says flee to the mountains. Flee to the mountains. Even Titus. Uh, Titus in 70 AD uh, when he tore down. Uh, the temple, he even proclaimed himself to be God at this particular time, okay? And so that is very, once again, we need to understand that these words are directed, these few words here are directed directly to the Jews. Uh, any Jews living uh, after the rapture who are Christian will look here and see, we got to run. We got to go. Th what has just happened, uh, once again, uh the Antichrist will come into the temple and he will desecrate it in some way, in some way, whether he will place an object, whether he proclaim himself, whether he will do what Epiphanes did by sacrificing uh, a pig or something on the altar. It, that's not clear, but he will, he will, he will do something that will abominate the temple and it will cause desolation. It will cause people to go, to run. To flee. That's what is meant by the abomination of desolation or that causes desolation. Verse number 17, he goes on. Jesus says, let him uh, which is on the housetop uh, not come down to take anything out, to take anything out of his house. Uh, that reminds me, uh, that sort of reminds me of Lot's wife. Jesus, uh, God, uh, God told, uh, God told uh, Lot, make sure that no one looks back. Uh, and we read that Lot's wife looked back and she became a pillar of salt. Here, here the warning is, listen, don't come down to take anything out of your house. Don't go back. I forgot something at the house. I got to, no, no. If, you, if you're fleeing because of what has taken place and now you realize that this man is not who he has said he is, talking about the Antichrist, don't go back to get something from your house. Don't go back to retrieve. Go, flee. Neither let him which is in the field, verse 18, return back to take his clothes. Just go. He says, just go. 
Once again, these are dire warnings to those who will be present uh, during these during these days. And woe unto them, woe unto them which give suck in those days. But pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day. We're going to end here in verse number 21. And we'll obviously we're going to pick up here again next time we come together. For then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And that's where we get the phrase, the great tribulation. It has been said, and I think it can properly be said, properly be said that the first three and a half years, you can call it tribulation. And the second three and a half years can be properly said to be great tribulation. Everything will increase. Every single thing. In the book of Revelation, it's quite clear that from that moment on, everything gets worse at that time. When when the Antichrist reveals himself to be who he really is, it's on. It will be on. And, and it will be only only the second coming of Christ will avert and stop what uh, is on is in the heart uh, of this satanically driven individual, the Antichrist. Whoever he may be, uh, he is going to have the power of Satan behind him. Maybe even the power of Satan working within him, but he will be a devious, corrupted individual. Okay? And... That is yet future. We are not there yet. But once again, when the rapture takes place, as the rapture takes place, these things will begin to become clearer and clearer to those who are yet alive and remain during that time. Amen. But in the meantime, we are to do what it says in verse number 14. Continue to spread the gospel of the kingdom. Jesus lives. Jesus loves, Jesus liberates. That's our message here. Continue to spread the gospel so that people can not be a part of what is going to happen on planet Earth. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, we bless your name. And we thank you once again for giving us an opportunity uh, to open up your word, Lord Jesus. And Lord, we we honor you. We praise you. Lord, once again, our minds, our minds are literally boggled when we think about the greatness of who you are. And how this great salvation that we have, how you have uh, allowed us to to be in you and you in us, Lord. We are just so honored. So, Lord, we bless your name right now. Lord, I pray for each and every one under the sound of your word tonight that they will continue to be blessed. Hold them in the hollow of your hand. Lord, uh, assure them, Lord, that that you are their God. and, 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 Lord, you are not going to leave them nor forsake them. Lord, have your way in every heart. Be with us as we continue on in your name. We bless you. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. God bless you, my brother Marvell, and and God bless you, my brother Mark. Amen. God bless you, Doris. Amen. God is good. God bless you, Tracy T. Amen. Uh, God is moving. God is on the throne. Amen. And we just honor uh, and we bless him and thank him for who he is and what he has done and for what he is doing. Amen. Uh, so as always, we want to uh, thank you for being here as always. And 
They invite you out uh, tomorrow night. Uh, tomorrow night we will continue. Uh, tomorrow night we'll continue with another hot topic, and we pray that you will join us tomorrow night as we jump into our hot topic for tomorrow night. Not telling you what it is yet, but we're going to jump into that hot topic, uh, and once again at eight o'clock, and and once again it will be practical, it will be relevant, uh, and it will be un compromised amen so join us that's tomorrow night at eight o'clock amen and on uh wednesday night we are concluding uh the year uh with our series uh on temptation our lessons on temptation we'll conclude it uh and looking forward to uh next week when we begin a brand new set of studies on spiritual growth amen so hopefully you'll be able to join us then amen so god is on the throne god is moving god is working and we just bless his name, amen? Now, I know we've talked about a lot, and we still have yet uh, quite a bit to go. We probably have uh, one, or two more, one or two more lessons here uh, in Matthew chapter number 24. And then we go into uh, Matthew uh, chapter number 25, amen, uh, where it is also, once again, all Jesus, amen? And so we look forward to that. So thank you for joining us here tonight, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Don't forget, if you're watching over Facebook, don't forget to share out. Uh, this page that others can be blessed. Amen. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, tell someone else about uh, what we do here on Monday nights and throughout the week. Uh, let them know that we're here with some Bible studies that we believe will be helpful and beneficial uh, to their Christian life. Once again, this is a ministry offering uh, encouragement uh, and timely insight on a variety of subjects uh, with a specifically uh, with a cross uh, center uh, with a cross-centered perspective amen and so tell someone about uh, what we do here and uh, I'm sure uh, that we'll all be blessed amen so thank you for joining us we'll see you tomorrow night if you can make it out if not we'll see you the next time this is me that's you God bless you everybody we'll see you have a good night